Hello and welcome to the Marks Ish Brothers podcast. My name is Joseph. I am Cam. And this week we are talking about the 1978 film Days of Heaven. But before that, we do have some news. Cam, what is the news that you have for us? Oh, uh, there's been some names thrown on for Superman Legacy, which is the first uh, DC film under the James Gunn Saffron regime. Everything else between now and then has been announced or was in production before the regime change over at Warner Brothers Discovery. So there's been a couple names thrown, thrown around for three big roles, that being um, the role of Superman, Lois, and, of course, Lex, Lex Luthor, who will probably be the main villain in the movie, I would guess, just based off of history. Um, so, so some names for Superman. Uh, so... David Corenswet, he was in Pearl. That's what I've seen him in. Okay. Um, yeah, he has the look pretty good. Um, and then there was uh, apparently Jacob Alordi was was in the running, but he he actually he never actually auditioned or or something. Weird parts. Probably probably just want to get probably just want to get his name in there for whatever. Um, N- 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 Nicholas Holt was first. Announced or or what was first in the running for Lex? Apparently he's in the role. For, apparently he's in the running for Superman as well. WB loves Nicholas Holt, which is fair. He's a good. He's a pretty good actor. Um, for Lois, there's been four four names. Uh, Emma Mackey from Sex Education on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the show, but apparently she's good in it. She's she's going to be in Barbie this year. Um, Rachel Brosnahan, or is that I'm not sure if that's how much how you pronounce it? Um, and, uh, Samara Weaving has been in a few things. I'm pretty sure related to Hugo Weaving in some capacity, niece or daughter. I don't know. She's pretty cool. Um, she's in that, uh, Ready or Not one, which I haven't, but I need, I need, I need to watch that. That, that is uh, a fun horror movie. I think you'd probably enjoy it. I bet. Okay. So those are, those, those are, those are the main, main ones that have been announced. There's been, been, been a couple other actors for Superman, but I don't have the names on me right now. Which I cannot find, but oh well. So David Cornswet is the big one for Superman, probably. Nice. Maybe. Well, that could be very interesting. I'm interested to see what happens with that. Yes, yeah, just, just still got a couple years till that one comes out. Probably some. I think he said they're they're in pre-production right now. Probably doing previs and building building sets because mm-hmm. James Gunn loves sets. He loves being he loves doing things practically, which I love. So yeah, especially for like superhero movies where it is in like this weird universe i appreciate when it is done more practically like like the dark knight movies or the batman like that those sort of movies where it just it grounds the superhero aspect of it because you're like this shouldn't be uh like (laughs) able to happen and it kind of i don't know Hmm. it makes it more uh, impactful in my books um is that all you have for that news i just want to touch on, on that point a bit more um guardians 3 actually have the record for most prosthetics used in a in, in I wonder if it's a Marvel, Marvel movie or ever, but like there's a ton of like the movie is so like I love seeing space stuff done for real. Mm-hmm. Like there's a cool space station they go to and it's all they did that mostly in camera. They go to a weird alternate Earth planet which is like animals and stuff like which was like human animal crossbreeds. Mm-hmm. And then, and then that's all real, and it's super dope. Like, cause, like they could they could have just done that in CG. And there's a video where James Gunn was saying how like he how like he he's not like 
he's not like pro CG or pro practical. He's like what what works best for the movie for and the production. Yeah. Cause like cause like for Rocket, you can't have that be a puppet. You just can't. The way mm-hmm. Rocket moves and talks and fights, the, you, you you can't do that for real. Yeah. But they make it look really good with CG. Mm-hmm. But like for for side characters and extras, you can just put some prosthetics on that and whatever. So. Well, for so much of the stuff, like, it's not that necessarily you and I are like against CGI. We're no. against bad CGI, uh, or yeah. like, or like rushed CGI, where it's like we're just trying to make something as quickly as possible rather than putting like love and care into it. And yeah. and like the the like you hear like horror stories about like the the actual workers who are making the CGI, uh, where they're like for these Marvel movies, they're forced to go as quickly as possible, so they are obviously going to cut corners, and it shows how like money is the uh uh main sort of focus because um, like uh, let's see even when we uh, discuss like she hulk uh if we want to bring it back to marvel how the hulk computer generated effect looked way better than the she hulk computer generated effect just because they had put more care and effort into it right it so was, like they already, they already had the model and the render from like before exactly yeah so uh, but basically like just like when you take the time to actually like craft something in CGI, it can look really good, but uh, it's just when it's it's rushed and not like the workers aren't taken care of that they're going to not do as good of a job. <laughs> and, and also, like with CG and stuff like, like that, like I always think of like oh man, like someone put a ton, a ton of time and effort. And there's the one scene where she she Hulk shaking ass with with Megan the Stallion. I'm like okay. Yes, that's whoever whoever's shaking ass. Like someone had to like take time to animate that. You know, like you, you couldn't have mm-hmm. put that time and money elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Like, and nothing against people who who shake ass. I'm not, I'm not against that. Do what you want. It just didn't okay. make sense in that sort of context of the show. Yeah, or like, or like, just from like, uh, this this is where we're putting our time our time and money for for animation. That's more so. Where I'm getting at is though, like, just have someone big green shake shake their ass. I don't know. Like the, you, can, you can you can you can do that. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. This this brings me into something that you sent to me on Twitter. Yes. Uh, uh, if you maybe want to talk about this, but was it the new production company that's being uh, developed by who is it? Uh, Affleck the, and Damon. Yes. So their first movie under this production company was Air, which I watched in theaters a couple months ago. And then it's on Prime because it's an Amazon production, mm-hmm. um, bigger bigger picture. Uh, so 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 we'll watch that with with, with my parents. My, my parents they they really, really enjoyed it. I did too. Um, so yeah. So basically, what they're trying to do is, um, well, make things more equitable for artists and like crew, and it's more like a stakeholder shareholder situation, where like it's kind of going. It's kind of they're trying they're trying to do the the the, the, the United Artists model from back in the day, mm-hmm. with a little bit more corporate overstructure, over where hopefully it doesn't crash and burn like United Artists did. But I think it's a really good good idea, and it's a little bit more like worker friendly than yeah. And like the idea is more that they want to do quality over quantity, right? Like they exactly. want to, they want to yes. make movies for the sake of making movies and then pay the artists for making good movies rather yeah. than just trying to pump out as many movies as possible. And hoping, like, maybe if you make ten movies, one of them might be good and make money. 
whereas in this model it's like no we want to make sure every movie is good and if we don't make as much money it's okay because we're not paying like the ceo we're paying the workers right yeah which like so air, air didn't make tons of money it, it it didn't even make any money out of the box office but also like it's amazon who's funding it, it yeah so. and it'll, it'll probably make a lot of money through streaming because i think a lot yeah. of people want to watch it and stuff right oh exactly but like it's not one it's not one of those like oh man i i need to see it on the biggest screen possible yeah it's more so yeah um actually there's something cool this is the last last thing and then we can get into it so alex Condry, who, who wrote the spec script for air mm-hmm. like he wasn't assigned to, like, he wrote that script by himself and then whatever our artist equity bought it and when he was on set and, and they're doing changes mm-hmm. damon and affleck said they they, they were going to keep him sole credit on the on the on the movie instead of like adding the, their names or whoever else to did that because they wanted to pay it forward from like from like their writing days mm, which is yeah. really cool that, that, that's have, a cool idea yeah i have a lot more respect for, for affleck and damon and damon yeah uh, maybe, maybe if you want to uh uh, retweet that so it's on our uh, Instagram or on our Twitter. I mean, I sorry. Will do that. Uh, so that so if you want to check out our Twitter, uh, what is our Twitter handle? Uh, I think it's marksish underscore bros. I'm quite sure. So yeah, a little plug for our Twitter. But if you want to read more about it, there was a whole thread that uh, Cam would show me. Um, anyways, I have one quick little bit of news uh, as yes. well. Um, so the trailer for Poor Things uh, came out recently. I'm not sure if you saw this. It's the new uh, Yorgos. Uh, uh, Lanthinos movie. Yes, Lanthimos. Uh, Lanthimos, yes. Uh, the director of The Lobster, which is, uh, it's the movie that I credit with getting me into movies, like as like a, a sort of art form. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, that movie direct, uh, uh, starring who's it? Emma Stone, William Defoe, uh, what's his face? Hulk. Mark, Mark, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. I didn't watch the the trailer. I like. I'm pretty. I'm. Pre- Whenever I see Euros and Lanthimos, I'm sold. Yeah. So, like, I mean, the only, the only movie that I've seen of his is The Lobster. But, like, I haven't, and I only watched him a couple of years ago. So, like, I, he hasn't released anything, anything between now and then that I've, that some like, now I'm like, okay, I'm all, all aboard the Yogo strain. Yeah. Hunter. I'm partially got me in that one too so. nice yeah i'm pumped i i love emma stone she's one of my favorite actors and uh yeah it's coming out september so looking forward to that oh yes uh anyway so that brings us into our discussion uh of days of heaven if you want to give us some fun facts uh days, days of heaven came out in 1978 it is the second film directed by uh terrence malick uh written by malick as well a little bit of auteuring happening there it stars uh richard gear Brooke Adams, Sam Shepard, and Linda Manns. Uh, budget of three million, three million, three million. Gross three point four million. So just just broke even from a production standpoint. Um, yeah, it's about uh, Richard Gere plays a, a a a working working guy in Chicago. Accidentally kills his boss, and then uh, goes goes on on the run with his girlfriend and his sister. Girlfriend of those uh, his wife. Girlfriend. They weren't, okay. married. They, were, they weren't married, I, I don't think. Okay. Yeah, good girlfriend and young, yeah, good girlfriend and, and young sister. Yep. Okay. Oh. Yeah, so like, they, they weren't married, so there's nothing in paper. Right. Which, okay. Which, which, which will play into the, later. Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, before we get into talking about, well, what, what, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's talk about the, the, the cinematography, the lighting. 
I mean, definitely cinematography is one of the main reasons a lot of people enjoy this movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's stunning. Like, so it's, it's shot in the prairies. Uh, a lot of these shots remind me of being back in, in Morden area, in the Pemina Valley kind of kind of vibes. Uh, but you get these like huge sweeping shots. Um, what was it? Like they would film like maybe like 20 minutes a day just to make sure they got like the perfect lighting or something like that. Yes. Actually it was shot. The exteriors were set, were shot in Alberta. Um, uh, whiskey, whiskey gap. And then the final scene was final scene was shot in Calgary. There you go. At the heritage park, historical village. So it's filmed in Canada. I, I did kind of, I was going to look it up and I forgot where it was actually shot, but, uh, yeah, it uh, definitely looks very Canadian. It looks kind of Albertan looking looking back, but it looks beautiful. Beautiful shots. Lots of... Uh, what I found very interesting is it has a very sort of diverse sort of style of shooting. Like, it mm-hmm. goes uh, from very stable shots to very shaky shots. Mm-hmm. And and it, it kind of goes into, like, the editing side of it, but uh, it's a, a lot of the shots are very jumpy. I, 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 you, you go from a still shot, all of a sudden it's really jumpy, and like you're, you're cutting back and forth a lot. Yeah. Um, which I, I feel like I'm gonna have to rewatch this movie because it, it was a little confusing sometimes what was going on. Uh, but uh, going go back to cinematography, did you have anything else to add about that? I uh, was just, I was re- 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 reading here. Production was not rigidly re- re- prepared. Uh, this this upset some Hollywood crew members. Not you know, not used to working this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so there was some 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 crew members said that Al- Almendros and Alec did not know not know what they were doing. Hmm. Uh, attention was, was some crew quitting the production. And uh, yeah, this actually this movie actually Malik didn't make movies for like over ten years after the, this one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The, the movie kind of drove him crazy. Like like. <laughs> Drove him from doing cinema for a while. Well, it, it, uh, going back to cinematography, didn't it win the Oscar for Best Cinematography? I am quite sure it did. Academy Awards. Yeah, for Best Cinematography, nominations for score, costume design, sound. Mm-hmm. The score was great. Great score. Like, I underrated I very, score. I was like, oh, man, the score is pretty banging. Who is it? Oh, and you and you know, American Morricone. That makes sense. You know, only one of the best composers to ever live. Yep. Yeah. Like, very, very dramatic. Lots of, like, sort of heavenly scores mixed in with, mm-hmm. like, sort of, like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, songs that kind of reminded me of old working, like, union songs. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, great soundtrack. R- really fit, fit the narrative quite well. Um, the sound in general, I found, was very good. Like, uh, like even, like, right from the very start, when he does uh, kill his his boss, when it's like you don't know what they're saying because like mm-hmm. the factory's so loud, yeah. But like it kind of helps bring home the idea of how I don't know when you see like how loud it is in the factory compared to like the farm where it has its own sort of sounds. It, it, I think it's just very very well done. Again, I, I think I'm gonna have to rewatch it many times to kind of fully grasp what Malik is trying to get at. Um, when looking at like reviews of it, like, uh, let's say on letterbox and stuff, a lot of people, I think only take it on surface value and don't look into it fully because I think this has like a, a great depth of sort of reference points, very biblical reference points, which I'm sure we'll get into, uh, 
yeah. when we talk more about the story. But uh, what did you think of the editing and like the pacing of this movie? Because like it's oh, quite fast paced. It's like an hour and a half. Yeah, it moves well. Like when when I think of Malik, I don't think short usually. I think of like um, what's the one uh, Hidden Life, which is like nine through three hours long. Yeah, and then we feel it's very slow. It's a very slow burn. It's it's a the scale is quite large, so it, it definitely moves slower. But this is a pretty small scale. Four four well really three main characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, part, like just just there's not a huge part of it. It's basically just a, a love triangle that we follow. Yeah, yeah like I, mean, I asked the foreman too a bit, but like, yeah, pr- pretty small cast. Mm-hmm. It very good, like the, also scarce dialogue. I mean, like there, the, like there'll be like whole minutes where there's no talking. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think in this one, Malik expects a lot of his audience. Yeah, like like a casual viewer, like probably won't enjoy this they'll be like oh look at these beautiful shots but i don't really understand what's happening yeah um, definitely but, so he expects his audience to really be able to follow through uh taking the 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 sort of audio cues like from the score um the visual cues from uh like the fast editing like let's say uh where we get all the sort of shots of animals interspersed with the people right yeah. uh he, he's expecting you to pick up on on sort of cues there and then the dialogue is kind of just to help bring it home but like the dialogue definitely isn't the main storytelling focus i would say in this movie which uh is very interesting and again it expects a lot of the audience that they'll be able to to follow that but um but the acting i think was really good i especially really liked uh brooke adams i think she did amazing in this movie yeah uh, definitely no I, go ahead sorry like, i had no, no idea who she was i hadn't seen her in anything else i don't think She's in one of my favorite movies, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, from the same year. Oh, nice. Okay, that's cool. I, uh, hmm. That's neat. Yeah, I hadn't, I, I, I hadn't seen it. She was very good, and her character made sense. I guess we can probably go into the full, full spoilers, because we only talked about stuff. Yeah. Full, full, full spoilers. She leaves Rich. So, she, Richard Gere, finds out that the farmer is dying, supposedly, allegedly. Yeah. So he's like, hey, you should go... The farmer has the hots for, for you. You should go and marry him. He's going to die. We can get money. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. But uh, as the story goes along, not quite how it goes. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, which I think, uh, like, seeing that side of thing, I think what this movie brings up, like, a theme that I really saw was alienation. Uh, and specifically, like sort of feminist alienation, like how like women at this time and in general uh, are alienated from what they get to do, and often are dictated by other people's feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, uh, what's her character's name? Um, uh, Abby, like she doesn't seem nearly as driven to be rich as Bill is, like as uh, Richard Greer's character. Yeah. But because he wants to be rich, she's like, well, I guess I have to try and get money, right? Yeah. Um, and it shows, like, how, like, she is alienated from her, her own life, in a sense, which I found was quite interesting for this film. I, I, I wasn't expecting it going in. And you just kind of start to see it slowly. And, like, looking back, you're like, oh, like, that, that, that's sort of an interesting thing. Especially when you, like, see how, like, he's alienated from his work, like, killing his boss kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then you see, like, 
even the far- well the farmer especially how like he's called the farmer but he doesn't do any farming no like he he doesn't do a single lick of farming he 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 goes hunting he goes drive around in his little car but he he's not actually doing any farming but he he's he doesn't even have a name he's just called the farmer the farmer yeah which i th- i thought was fascinating uh do, do, what do you think of that yeah it, it was definitely cool like also like how how, how the li- li- labor side worked and how like bill gets treated better as soon as abby and the farmers start start being a thing mm-hmm. which then improves his conditions and it's well even like like to go back into into your point like the, the main plot of the movie is like it's abby being told by one man to go to go to this other man to make to make to make that to make that one man rich yeah like but like but abby's character is so cool because yeah she she goes along with along with it but during the whole i was like can i ever ring i don't know though during the whole shenanigans hmm. she ends up falling in love with a guy yeah because he treats her well regardless because like like from the farmer's perspective like even though he doesn't have a name still a fascinating character mm-hmm. of like he doesn't he doesn't have a name but he still cares about her no matter what yeah like he like he, he doesn't care that she's from a lower social standing and that I mean, from his perspective, he's like, okay, I'm going to die anyway. May as well. It's someone who I think is hot. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. for honest, to be fair, is so, in this movie. so Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I thought that was very interesting. Uh, I want to hear what your thoughts are of, like, sort of the biblical allegory. So I think there's a lot in this. Like, you can definitely see sort of the idea of, like, the Israelites trying to find the promised land. Um in a sense, almost like the Garden of Eden, in the sense that, uh, like his his original sin of like killing the uh, his boss in Chicago, kind of is what eventually causes him to have to leave Eden, being the farm. But yeah. uh, what, what kind of what, what what did you think of that as, as someone who you know went to school in biblical studies and stuff? Well, the big the, the big thing that I noticed was well, locusts locusts are, are a sign of Satan, also one of the plagues on Egypt. Yeah. Um. With with the the Israelites there, um. Something else, I was getting. Okay, I'm not sure if it's like Jacob or no, Cain Cain and Abel. Where definitely like, definitely had that coming to my mind because, well, he kills the one. He he, he kills the boss, flees, but the troubles don't 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 go. The the troubles still chase him. Yeah. mm Hmm. So there's definitely some like Cain and Abel stuff where like well yeah Cain Cain kills Abel, God haunts Cain for the, for the rest of his days, allegedly uh, I think or no, I mean Cain Cain presumably has kids I don't know Bible stuff. Like, uh, Cain becomes the like uh eventually becomes like a different race doesn't it? It's like that's um that's um Abraham and Ishmael. I thought Cain was also part of that like the Canaanites are from Cain. I. Isn't that it? Is that I, why they're called the Canaanites? I didn't finish my degree. I don't know. <laughs> I can only form half thoughts for half a degree. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> well, pe- people who know more about the Bible at us. Uh, I know, like the uh, 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 the big f- f- family family splitting is the whole Ishmael and uh, like Isaac. Mm, yeah, because. Yeah, Isaac's Abraham's kid. So yeah, 
Ishmael is his, is the firstborn through the other. I mean, s- s- still his kid, just through a concubine or yeah, um, the the servant of his wife, who's like, here, have, have a baby with my servant. Because I can't bear your kids. He's like, okay, uh, bet. <laughs> da- daps the wife up, does the concubine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Bible's wild if if you think about it. Well, right? we we need a need a Bible wild on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, did a little genocide. Just, just, uh, just. Uh, oh, we're talking about uh, David and uh, Bathsheba and Uriah and all yeah. that. Cutting off some foreskins to get some some girlfriend action. That's the, if that's not the vibe. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Show first date. You know, just matched on Hinge, whatever. Hey, uh, can I come over? I killed some. I killed an army. I got some foreskins for you. That's, exactly. That's exactly. Yeah, uh, that's how it should be. <laughs> Embrace tradition. Reject modern. <laughs> yeah. Embrace monkey. Return. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, I, I uh, where did I where was I in my uh, my little notes here? Um, oh yeah. So the house, very interesting. Uh, like the first act, we uh, going back to the cinematography, but you see like this house sort of just at the top of a hill, kind of just standing there, very hauntingly. It feels almost like a like like it is being haunted by the farmer, kind of. Mm-hmm. But then uh, in the second act, we actually get to go into the house, and it becomes like a very uh, sort of welcoming place for uh, Abby. Abby, thank you. Yep. Um, which I think is just very interesting, uh, sort of again going back to the visual storytelling of this how uh that house is, is very sort of like a good symbol for the farmer how like at first you think he is kind of alienating but then at, he he kind of opens himself up to kind of embrace and, and make abby be his his equal kind of thing uh which i, th- I thought was kind of interesting in visual storytelling definitely um there's a lot of shots of like animals that like are edited between uh shot like between uh like the main characters then there's animals and there's uh the main characters again which almost seemed like i sort of like a uh like a people versus nature like a like a that sort of a thing Hmm. um did you get that sort of feeling or or am i reading into things yeah i I feel like that that's a very malik thing of like intercutting with animals have you, you have you seen other malik's uh work hidden life is the one that is the other one that i that i've seen Okay. Like he'll just like, like in between either like a, a, a transition, a transition shot, or whatever. He'll just like cut on like a he'll stay on a shot of like a a bee on a flower, just yeah. for like a solid ten seconds. Yeah. I, I, well, what I I thought was was really uh what's really stuck with me, which I'm still trying to figure out like what he necessarily meant by, uh, was sort of the the uh visual mirroring when uh what's his face bill is that his name bill yeah Uh, when he like drop drops the glass into the water and you see it sink yeah and then at the end uh spoiler he gets shot by the cops and and you see that almost that that same shot of him like falling into the water which i don't know i do you have any uh thoughts on what that means because i'm trying to like figure out like like what that what that's supposed to represent Oh jeez, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of like something, something like from cups in the Bible, like uh, the, the cup bearer, the bearer. 
Because it no, seems no, important. No. That's what I get. Why I said I yeah. need to rewatch it. Maybe maybe watch a, a comment like a, a a commentary version of this. Yeah. Get 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 the Criterion edition of this. Watch yeah. as many bonus features as possible. But um, essays. Yeah. Uh, I, I I also was very impressed by uh, so at the end to get rid of Locust they decided to just burn everything as yeah. as you do but some of those shots like with like the tractors and the flames very impressive right. uh, so cool I mean we're, we're kind of all over the place on this one because <laughs> well the movie itself is kind of all over the place yeah um but yeah I I was kind of blown away by, by that as well um definitely yeah did you have any other thoughts. Um, I mean, yeah, it was definitely, it made, made, made me think a lot. And weird that a movie this short makes me think as, as much as it does. It's it's very dense in its material. Um, yeah. And, and that's why I said, like, like, we should, like, revisit this movie in, like, two years and yeah. see, 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 what, see what we think about it. Uh, and, and I kind of challenge anyone who's listening to us to, to watch it. Tell us what you think, and then maybe re uh, think about it every once in a while to be like, "Hey, what 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 did this mean?" Because I, I I don't necessarily I, I the main vibes I'm getting or that I got from it was alienation, kind of connecting the idea of alienation uh, to biblical sort of stories, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. And but ultimately, if you're just looking at it from face value, it's a, a an amazing period piece, and it really does just capture a moment in time like it's like we are just on a farm in 1910 in texas and we're just yes. following events like, like if you want to watch it with like not looking into any sort of background like you don't want to think deeper it's just an amazing period piece and i recommend yeah. it on 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 the sole merit of that i think it's just like a beautiful shot movie period piece but also has challenges you sort of uh in a more sort of spiritual uh deeper level yeah. um what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. Like, it's it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> it's it's weird to see a movie with like so many layers. That you can watch it. You can watch it. It's like a nice little onion. You know, like, you, you can watch it for the quick runtime. You can watch it for the biblical stuff. You can watch it for the cinematography, the score. There's so many like, but like it, it just it just all works so well. And it's again also like hey like, like you got a little, little bit of action t- t- towards the end the last t- five minutes or a little bit run for your life a little little chase from the coppers a little chase through the thickets of uh of Texas. taxes yeah taxes. death and taxes right That's... yeah uh, got him uh <laughs> but overall i think this is a masterpiece uh i would give it two thumbs up out of two thumbs up what about you definitely, definitely two two thumbs up it's yeah, it's hard, hard, hard. like no, it's just no, to talk about too. Like it really I, is. That's the reason why I've been all over the place. Is like there's so much to talk about. And, and so like I think that's all, with a lot of Malik's work, from my understanding. Again, I haven't seen it, but where it doesn't necessarily have like a, a clear sort of story. Yeah, like it might seem like it, but like it it, it wants you more to to feel a vibe rather than necessarily have a have a coherent. Uh, narrative, but definitely, yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. No, I'm like, like that's what I was thinking too with a hidden life. Because that, that, that's the movie where, like, I think I get to talk about it for a while. Mm-hmm. But like, I get thinking that my brain just gets 
enveloped by like man this movie this movie's an absolute masterpiece and i can't think and i, and I can't form thoughts yeah <laughs> it does really kind of take your breath away at, at, at times um uh, ultimately watch it on criterion channel if you have it well you can because it's going off on the 31st two weeks two weeks so watch it right now or else we're gonna jump through your headphones and bite you <laughs> exactly <laughs> for those who can't see cam that was him doing a zombie impersonation uh snarl Grr. yeah uh, okay well i do have a letterbox game for this one i i originally was like wow all these reviews are 500 paragraphs i'm not going to <laughs> i'm not going to do a letterbox game but eventually i found some good ones that i i was quite happy with so uh the first one uh this film uses the golden hour so much it could be the visco feed of a teenage girl. <laughs> the second one. The real heaven is the friends we made along the way. Third one. I'm damn sure after watching the, his films over at least twice, Terrence Malick isn't a real human. And last but not least, feeling like a sad wheat farmer today. Which one uh, did I do? Number, number one. Uh, which one was that? that. Uh, Golden Hour Visco Teenage Girl. You are incorrect. Ah, the streak ends. Mine was The Real Heaven is the Friends We Made Along the Way. That's a good one. Well, thank you. No, um, the one that I did was more like Days of Hell. Am I right? I, I was going to have that one in there, but I was like... I don't want to make it too easy on you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, Sorry, so th that was our Days of Heaven uh, ramble because it was hard to develop some some uh, coherent thoughts on this one. But hey, you know what? <laughs> that that's okay. Uh, we're we're two, two, two film bros who uh, who sometimes we don't know everything. We don't. And and, and we're we're going to normalize not knowing everything. <laughs> normalize being dumbass. Exactly. Uh, recommendations for for this week. Okay, I've watched some more Muppets Mayhem. I've watched the three, three, three episodes, and I'm going to recommend it. There's still ten. There's still seven more that I have to watch. But so far, it's really good. Um, it, it is nice to see Muppets that aren't just Kermit. Obviously, I am a big big Kermit enjoyer. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are other Muppets besides Kermit, which is pretty cool. So, like, hey, we're following, like, Dr. Teeth and the Mayhem. And like Lily sings in it. I didn't. I, again, I don't watch her. her, her I, mean, I we 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 did, we, we talked about a, a bit. Wait, did I re recommend this last week? Uh, no, you didn't I, recommend it. Did you? Re I didn't think you recommended it. No, no you did no. recommend it. Yeah, but now you've watched more. <laughs> yeah. So now it's like double 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 recommend. I'm double recommend. Going to, I'm also going to recommend Guardians of the Galaxy, the PS5 game, or it's, it's on uh, any console, but. Uh, I play on PS5. I'm like after watching Guardians three. I wanted to have more Guardians in, Guardians in, in my life. Nice, and that's pretty good. It's it's fun so fun so far. So, well, there you go. Uh, I'm gonna recommend um, the movie First Reformed. Ooh. If if you liked this movie and you like sort of the idea of biblical themes and kind of wrestling with those, I think First Reformed would make a great double feature with this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to kind of wrestle with those uh, uh, ideas, I mean Paul Schrader, the kind of weird guy, but uh, 
quick to wait, 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 boy. He, 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 he has some, he has some bad takes. I will say, he he's a he's a notorious Facebook uh, poster yeah. with, with yeah. some with some bad Facebook posts. As bad, as some bad. Posts. Uh, what, what was his most recent one that he he was like uh, for, about about the strike? He was like, they're like AI isn't actually going to replace them because they're going to use it themselves or something like that. And he's like, it's actually revolutionary because now we can just make CSI Miami be- like even better. And I was like, okay. Well. You can't make CSI Miami better. <laughs> so I, I say some like uh, But good movie, despite a weird director. Um, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Good. Good also, movies, but but weird guy. Ethan Hawke. That's very. He's very good. He's, a, he's amazing in it. Great. Yeah. Guy. Also. Uh, Oh, what's her name? She's from Mean Girls. Nope. Uh, Amanda uh, Seyfried. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's been our episode for this week. Tune in next time when we talk about uh, something. A movie. Bye-bye now.